Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. All roads lead to Rome. Welcome to TC Live, presented by Whole Foods, the world's finest tennis gladiators, wrapping up another day of battle in the shadows of the Colosseum. A lot to get to over the next half hour as we are down to the quarterfinals. The road to Roland Garros just got rougher for Rafa. After losing in Rome, his foot injury is now a question mark for Paris. Plus, Thursday, featuring four American women playing for spots in the final eight, we'll show you why only one would advance. And Team Federer might be making a masterful tennis investment in the United States. We've got all the big details on the way. With that, we bring you into our studios in Santa Monica, California. Great to have you with us. Steve Weissman back alongside Grand Slam champion Chanda Rubin. And over in the big screen, we've got the Hall of Famer Andy Roddick. Yes. What do we call that, Andy? <laughs> I don't know, Steve. I only talk tennis. <laughs> okay. Let's talk some tennis. Let's we are we tennis. are ready to go. The defending men's champion is out. It's with the biggest story of the day. Rafa Nadal, 10-time champion in Rome. And it's become an Italian tradition. Taking on Denis Shapovalov, third round here for the third time, Andy. Nadal had never lost. And, well, that dominance would continue early in this match. Yeah, out of the gates. Look at where he puts Chapo eight feet outside the, the sideline and then sticks at line. This was vintage Rafa in the first set. Second set, a different story, Steve. Uh, don't know if the foot was bothering him yet. It wasn't obvious to us yet. But some uncharacteristic errors like this backhand that he just randomly sends four or five feet long. It's so shocking when you see that from Rafa because it's just so unexpected. Uh, but l listen, in the, sec in the third set, it was very obvious that he was dealing with a physical ailment. Uh, you don't often see Rafa kind of bent over in anguish, head in the hands. He's like the king of not being negative. But right here, Steve, look at him limp to the side, kind of bend over in pain. Uh, not something you see from Rafa. He's not one to exaggerate an injury while on court. And again at the next switchover, kind of puts his hands uh, or his head in his hands and then tries to get himself back into it. But, you know, you rarely say this about Rafa, especially on clay. Uh, even down 3-2, 4-2 in the third, you felt like uh, the result was already baked in based on based on health. Jim Courier was saying, listen, if I'm his coach, I want him off the court. Let's get ready for Roland Garros as fast as possible. That's not in Rafa's DNA. And credit to him, he didn't try to take the moment from uh, from Chapeau here. But you can see Chapeau a little understated uh, for a win over Rafa on clay. And after that, he said, listen, I hope you get better soon. Uh, I'm not sure if he actually means it for everyone's chance at Roland Garros. But we certainly hope Rafa uh, will be healthy for Roland Garros. He's certainly short on matches going in, though. And he said after the match, listen, I am not injured. I am a player living with an injury, Chanda. But it is tough to see any athlete on court going through something like that. It is. But, you know, credit to Nadal 
talked about during the match. Jim was saying maybe he should stop. I mean, anybody looking at it, maybe his camp was thinking the same thing. But Nadal played through to the end. And you know that he's that kind of a competitor. I mean, it has to be something that is really bothering him for us to even see it out there on court. But with that being said, it's something he's talked about having to play with. There's no real solution. It, it won't necessarily get better. He just has to manage it. And that's going to be the challenge as the days get a little bit shorter. He's still got just over a week before Roland Garros, but that time gets shorter and shorter. And it was difficult to see him bent over and feeling that kind of pain so close to Roland Garros. So we'll see how he comes out and, and physically if he's a little bit better. We don't want to take anything away from Denis Shapovalov. First career top 10 win on clay. That said, here's what Rafa had to say inside the press room after the match. First thing that I didn't need to do is to, um, to don't have pain to practice. That's it. Uh, and the negative thing is um, today it's uh, not possible to play for me. Uh, but maybe in two days uh, things are better. That's the, the thing that I have on my foot. Then uh, it's true that uh, during the French Open, uh, Roland Garros, I'm going to have my doctor there with me. Uh, that sometimes helps uh, because you can do things. And days like today, just accept and uh, try to keep going, uh, uh, even if sometimes it's not easy for me. Always very honest, Nadal, following that match. And then we had Novak Djokovic, Stan Wawrinka renewing an old rivalry, 26 meeting between these two future Hall of Famers for the first of three years, Andy. Yeah, the, the thing that you don't want to do is gift uh, Novak a break right off the gate. But his anticipation, the way that he's starting to move, Steve, look, back to the spot again. I mentioned it yesterday, but he's running to the spot. You get that through reps. You get that through weeks in Belgrade as he takes the first sale. Weeks in Belgrade where he looks like he's struggling. That's building to the moments where he gets into cruise control. And he certainly was today, Steve, distributing the ball, moving it side to side. Obviously, that's one of the more underrated shots in tennis because it looks like he's going to hit Thompson back and he just slides under it at the last minute. That's one way to keep it out of Stan's strike zone. Uh, but you see him, Stan all day felt like he was kind of lunging, wasn't set. And that's the what you have to get uh, against Stan easier said than done because when he has two feet underneath him and takes a rip he's tough no novak mixing up lobs off returns it's not something you see very often but it was obviously a strategy as he hits that open stance pass that just makes me so jealous that people can hit that mixes it up serves and volleys uh master tactician today just took stan apart uh didn't give him any rhythm uh novak is dialed in and looking more and more ready for roland garros he puts clay on his shirt and says look at me they match you can't even see it 250th career win on clay for Djokovic. Now he's made the quarterfinals here in Rome every single time. 16 trips to Rome. He always makes the quarters. Him and Zverev, the only former champions remaining, gets Felix Oje Aliassime for the first time. And then we could get that Tsitsipas Zverev semifinal for the second straight week. Taking a look at this draw and with the news of Rafa, how does that affect Djokovic going forward in Rome and then potentially in Paris as well? Well, I think, you know, that would definitely kind of raise Djokovic's antenna. It's like, okay, this is a real opportunity. And, and certainly this tournament for Djokovic to have success, to maybe win it, but to continue to, to go further than, you know, the person who would have been the favorite, I think says it's huge. And, and that says a lot for Djokovic in terms of, you know, what his chances may look like now. I mean, there was a lot of uncertainty for Djokovic, not having a lot of matches this season, coming into the clay court swing, but he has rounded into form. He looks more and more comfortable. That comprehensive win over Vavrinka. I mean, I think that 
elevated him just enough. And certainly, you know, not having Nadal in his sights or maybe having a chance to get past Nadal, uh, I think that's going to elevate it even more. Yeah, it was potentially a semifinal between Djokovic and Nadal in Rome. Andy, that's not going to happen. So you see the final eight there. Djokovic, is he your clear-cut favorite in this tournament? And now heading into Paris, is he your favorite there? Yeah, well, I'd like to see the rest of this tournament before we get to Paris, but I think he is the favorite here based on on what I've seen, not just that he's in the quarterfinals, but the way that he's going about his business. We talked all about Alcaraz and Madrid, and he certainly was deserving of that talk. Novak had a good tournament there, making the semis, kind of playing his way back in. Uh, you know, I know the expectation is very high with him, but he's had a final. He's had a semi. He looks great here in Rome, the best that he's looked uh, during this clay court season. It's a far cry from what we saw in Monte Carlo against Davidovich Fokina, where he was making random errors, wasn't getting to his spots, wasn't anticipating, wasn't sticking the returns quite the way that we're used to. Novak looks great this week. If you would have put a side-by-side video of him last year at this tournament and this year so far, at this tournament, there wouldn't be much of a difference. He's sending a, a big warning to the rest of the field. Listen, he's won this event five times, and he's the defending Roland Garros champion. The world number one needs to win one more match, and then he stays number one on Monday as well. Meantime, we got a big-time streak on the women's side. Iga Sviantek looking to make the quarters by getting a quarter's worth of wins in a row. But the world number one would go down a double break in the first to Victoria Zarenkacen. Yeah, Iga Sviantek didn't have a great start, but she came storming back, struggled on serve throughout the first set, but finally was able to get it to Together, helped by forehands like that one, where she just is in such a streak of winning that she was able to pull from that confidence and was able to get it done in the first set. And then she relaxed and really settled in and started getting it done on both sides, was dominant off returns in her serve game. She started holding and playing in all those different areas of the court. And against a player, Grand Slam champion and Azarenka, who competes so well, this was another impressive win for Iga Sviantek. Won 12 of the last 14 games of the match had nearly doubled the winners of Azarenka. So, take a look at the streak. Iga now tied for the sixth longest winning streak since the year 2000. Venus and Serena, by the way, accounting for half of these streaks. If Iga goes on to win the tournament, she will be alone in fourth on this list, entering Roland Garros. Well, Sviatek awaiting the winner of this match between Bianca Andreescu and Petra Martic, the Canadian star, finding her game again, Chanda. Yeah, and she looked good. She looked confident, was moving well, Andreescu, and using her complete game. They're coming in against a player in Martic who looks to come in and has great volleys, but Andreescu just didn't let Martic play from an area inside the court very often. And this was a, a tight battle, but it was Andreescu who just had the edge in both sets. But moves like this one, that has been an elevation of Andreescu's game, the confidence that we're seeing in her play now. And a lot of it is just seamless. She's not hesitating. And these are huge plays that's going to help her give her next opponent some real trouble. Biggest quarterfinal on clay for BB. First at this level in 14 months. Well, at least one American guaranteed to reach the final eight. Danielle Collins faced Amanda Anasimova. A squared bringing that A-plus game, Chanda. Yeah, and, you know, it was from the start for Collins. Not a great serving day. I mean, dismal, really, in that department. But Anasimova, she's such a clean ball striker and understands, is comfortable playing on this red clay. She made some nice moves in the midcourt area there and just kept the pressure on Collins, who just didn't quite look 
her really pumped up self and maybe a little tired, a little fatigued from that win against Halep, which was a battle. But Anna Samova wasn't distracted. She did not lose focus. And when Collins looked like she was maybe going to get something going here, Anna Samova able to get the break, stretch the lead again, and make this match look pretty routine. A few more unforced errors from Collins didn't help. And at a certain point, Steve, Collins just ready to get off the court. She was like, let's keep going. I don't even want to sit down all the way. And uh, Anna Samova obliged. Got it done in straight sets. She has now made at least the quarterfinals in all three clay events she has played this year. And guess what? She is taking on a big name in Arena Sabalenka, but a man of 4-0 all-time against Sabalenka has already beaten her twice on the clay this spring in three sets. And you just saw Daria Kazakina beat Paula Fedosa. She gets Jill Teichman next. You got Shabur Sakari, Sviantek Andrescu. Andy, who do you think makes the Rome final when you see these quarterfinals? Well, I mean, Sviatek obviously looks great, but I, I'm excited about the Andrescu matchup because Andrescu has the upside to, to challenge Iga. I don't know if she's there yet as far as form. Obviously, uh, coming back from injury, she's looked great, and she's actually pumping the forehand uh, more than I remember seeing in the past. Obviously, she's, had, she's always had great variety. She's moved well. Uh, she's always competed well, but she is absolutely going after the forehand. It feels like a tactical adjustment, especially off of uh, – off of the returns, but it's nice to see Sakari back in the mix down below. She needed a good tournament going into Roland Garros, especially uh, having such a great run there last year. But Jill Teichman back-to-back weeks uh, playing great. Anna Samova winning matches every week on clay. She makes people mannequins more than maybe anyone else in the WTA Tour where she hits the ball first strike tennis and people just kind of stand still. Uh, you know, it's going to be a big hitting match there with Sabalenka, but uh, I, I still like Sviatek getting through. Yeah, these matchups, I think, are going to be a lot of fun because all of these players are in good form. And you look at, you know, you look at it on paper and there's no match where you say this will, oh, this person, you can just kind of pencil them in. Even for Sviantek, I mean, this will be a tough battle, uh, another test against Andrescu. And Andrescu's looking forward to it. And I think that's the number one way you've got to approach playing Sviantek, who has just been so dominant. But Anna Samova's hitting the ball big. You look at Kasatkina, who's been so impressive, how mentally tough she stayed through that win against Bedosa and Jabur has just kind of been quietly working through the draw and has had a tremendous season. Can she maintain? Does she have that energy to keep it going? Certainly she's the favorite against Sakri. So a lot of fun matchups I'm looking forward to. We talk about Iga's won 25 in a row. Jabur's won nine in a row. I mean, she's the Madrid champion. By the way, I, I didn't get the phone call or text message about wearing light blue today. <laughs> Andy, Chanda, I mean, it, it's perfect. Look at this yes. coordination. We, we're like here now. I mean, we didn't actually, you know, consult, I don't think, and we didn't get dressed <laughs> together. So I don't know. What's going on here? I, I, was, I was happy in my blue until Chanda showed up and looked much, much better in it, Steve. <laughs> We are a team, Andy. We're a team here. Yes, we'll get into Chanda and I's uh, practice on court a little later in the show. But first, more more real tennis to get to on TC Live. Anna Samova moving on, but what about the rest of the Americans? Will Rome remain the city of illusions and yearning? Don't go anywhere. TC Live is presented by... Whole Foods Market. Nurture your nature by the basket and the cart.
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Back on TC Live, presented by Whole Foods. Remember to make tennis.com your online information source throughout Tennis Channel's Road to Roland Garros, presented by ZipRecruiter. Right now, David Kane writes about Serena Williams and her Dua Lipa-inspired comeback teaser. Log on to tennis.com today. Well, back in Rome, Jesse Pagula could break into the top ten for the very first time with a win against Serena Sabalenka. I do think she'll get there, but not today. Sabalenka fired nine aces, broke Pagula six times to win 6-1-6-4 and reach her first quarterfinal in Rome. For a look at Friday's forecast, here's Fox Weather. Hi, tennis fans. I'm Fox Weather's Jason Fraser, and here is tomorrow's Italian Open forecast. Beautiful weather, sunshine, 85 degrees is expected. And don't forget, you can download the Fox Weather app or stream Fox Weather from your connected TV devices. Thank you, Jason. Well, it is arguably the highest honor of the day on TC Live. Who will take home our hot shot? And will it be as spicy as the rigatoni at Carbone? Ruben Roddick Weissman back on TC Live. Just 10 sleeps until the year's second major. Still plenty of action on the road to Roland Garros from Rome to qualifying to multiple events on the ATP and WTA next week. And don't miss our TC Live preview show from Paris on May 21st. Back in Rome, 21-year-old American Jensen Brooksby picked up his first tour-level wins on clay this week. But, Andy, he had a rude awakening in the round of 16. Yeah, and Casper Rude with those RPMs and the pace that he's able to, to play on those forehands, uh, just a tough ass. You do not see Jensen Brooksby miss that sort of touch shot very often. So Casper Rude uh, taking advantage here, trying to serve out that first hit, a brilliant defensive lob here, and then gets control of the point with that forehand that jumps up and away consistently. People are mixing in these drop shots uh, more often than I've seen in years past, and they're hitting them well, Steve. I think because the forehands are so big now, they're setting the table, taking a, a page out of the old Alcaraz book. Uh, but see where Jensen Brooksby's trying to hit that drop shot from above his shoulder. Rarely works out from that high. Casper uh, Root again, keeping him back with the spin and then playing him short. Uh, with the drop shot, closes it out. Casper's back. Tell a friend, Steve. Chanda, Casper's back. Thanks for that. All right. <laughs> I, I listen to Andy. Uh, so, Marco Skiro in the last hope for American men in singles, and Felix Ojeali seem guaranteed that my guy Andre Agassi will remain the last U.S. man to win in Rome, Andy. Yeah, Marcos Giron, big ass coming off the emotional win against Diego Schwartzman, where afterwards he actually high-fived the entire city of Rome, Steve. It was an impressive feat in itself. But again, FAA, someone who's not known for knocking the ball down and hitting these drop shots, everyone's doing it. It's what all the cool kids are doing. And then I don't know what that one was. The wind looked a little, that looked like a little wind-assisted kind of half-shank uh, half forehand there. But tough conditions. 
again, going to the drop shot, mixing it up. Great play for FAA. We don't normally see it from him. Everyone is going to this play, and they're doing it well. We don't see those drop shots like I used to hit that go halfway up the net. FAA in full control. Heck of a run for Marcus Giron, though, coming through from a lucky loser and winning some matches. The Canadian back-to-back -back Masters quarterfinals on clay. Good showing from Marcos Giron, as you mentioned, Andy. And then on the women's side, it was a rematch from last year in Rome when Coco Golf beat Maria Sakri. Today, Chanda, the Greek star got her revenge. Yeah, Sakri was able to control play a bit more often, and they're showing her athleticism, finishing out that point at the net and using her serve nicely. The kick serve to open up the forehand for Sakri. She could go either way. She really used patterns nicely throughout this match. And in the second, kept the momentum going. Got up a break, was up 3-1. But Goff fought back, and that's been part of what we've seen in her game. She does not go away. She has an innate ability to compete. But Sakari, she held her ground, held her nerve, and right here at five ball, gets the more inexperienced shot from golf. That miss there to give Sakari the break, and she was able to close it out. This was a battle towards the end, and Sakari, she just held her ground. Really impressive stuff from her. She'll try to stop that nine-match winning streak of Angebur next. The cool kids are doing the drop shots. They are also doing the social media, and that is where we are headed on TC Live Reports that Roger Federer's teammate is looking to buy the Cincinnati 1000 from the USTA. Andy, what do you make of this news? Hey, listen, in the world of tennis, where conflicts of interest know no bounds at all. Hey, listen, Roger can do this. Uh, he's obviously been a great steward for the game, has created an incredible relationship uh, with the fans in the city of Cincinnati. You'd like to see uh, it stay in the tennis family, right, with someone who actually knows and loves uh, our, our sport. So we'll see. From what I hear, the rumblings are that there are a number of interested parties, but it's nice to see responsible names in the mix. Yeah, Roger Federer, a seven-time champion. Andy, you won this one once, right? I mean, I... I... I want, it, I, I want it twice, Janda. Thank you for okay, watching. Okay, I, I was one short. I'm going to get Huska when we get out of here. But, I, I mean, I, I love this. I mean, this has been, you know, really a, a sticking point, trying to keep tournaments in the U.S., and hopefully, you know, this would mean that it would stay. I'm assuming it's just for the ATP. We kind of talked yeah. about that earlier. So we'll see kind of what happens with the combined event and, and how that goes. Hopefully we can keep it, Steve. This is a big tournament, especially with Andy winning it twice. Andy winning it's it twice. It's a bigger <laughs> tournament there. Roger winning seven times. And by the way, uh, the teammate CEO, Tony Gotzik, is an Ohio native. So I, I think he would be in good hands to have Cincinnati remain there as well. It's been a fantastic doubles tournament in Rome. We had a great doubles pairing of Francis Tiafo and Tanasi Kokonakis playing today. But the, the big story was who they were playing. Hari Heliovara woke up at 2 a.m. on Wednesday to get his one-year-old daughter who was crying. It was her birthday. And guess what? He checked his phone, had 20 missed calls from Lloyd Glasspool. An alternate spot had opened up, so they booked their flights from London and Finland to Rome, went straight to the courts, took out the top seeds, Rajiv Ram and Joe Salisbury. Then today, they beat Tiafo and Kokonakis in a match tiebreak. I mean, what a it's run. Funny how this, it's funny how this works sometimes, as you see Francis showing off the wheels. But I think if there's a moral to this story, Steve, it's if Lloyd calls, you pick up the phone every single yeah. time, and then you celebrate like you weren't in the tournament on Tuesday. <laughs>
Former Texas star Lloyd Glasspool won an NCAA doubles title with them. Hook him. And uh, Glasspool, he's only got two match outfits. His partner only has one pair of socks left. But they're in the quarterfinals. And guess what? They're going to face the twins doubles duo of John Isner and Diego Schwartzman. Chanda, they're taking names. And once again, today, those names were cabal for all. I mean, Isner and Schwartzman. Isner's been amazing, by the way, in doubles. I mean, he's going for how many... Masters 1,000 doubles wins has a chance to win another. I mean, the height difference, that's maybe the most minor part of this story now. <laughs> it has been incredible the way they've played as a team and get, get it done in the match tiebreak under pressure. Big time. Isner, <laughs> he won Indian Wells. He won Miami. Different partners. Yeah. Sock. Perkoch, now he's got Schwartzman going for his third 1,000 title. Uh, our coverage starts 5 a.m. Eastern on Friday. It is quarterfinal Friday. You don't want to miss it. TC Live to follow. Encore coverage all night long. We are coming back with more TC Live presented by Whole Foods. Just a moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back on TC Live with our Whole Foods Tournament Summary. Ten-time champ, Ralph Nadal is out. Upset by Denis Shapovalov while struggling with a foot injury. Iga remains untouchable, running her win streak to 25 in a row. 33 of the last 34 sets. And Novak Djokovic making his 16th straight quarterfinal in Rome, taking out Stan Wawrinka for the 20th time. All right, who's getting our hot shot? It's Filip Krajanovic and Yannick Sinner. Andy, take it away. And the drop shot there again, Steve. But cool kiss. Sinner gets stretcher. I thought this was going to be it. And Krajinovic says, you can go around me, but you will not go through me. Again, comes in. This volley was kind of average, but got away with it. Stick save and a beauty, Steve. I think that's your third straight show, going with that line. Maybe we should find a different highlight. I don't know. You know? <laughs> This was like Chad at Ocean Park yesterday. That looked like you, Steve. I thought you were going to be the hot shot. Just <laughs> reflecting stuff back at the net. Unfortunately, we did not have video evidence of that. <laughs> Quarterfinal Friday begins 5 a.m. Eastern. The matchups are spectacular. And speaking of fantastic, here's a preview in Rome with Danny Prakash. All right, Steve, back here at the DraftKings Tennis Channel desk. P. Iga Sviantek, the defending champion here, going for her 26th win in a row. Standing in her way, though, is Bibi Andreescu. How do you think this match is going to play out? I think it's going to be very exciting. Look, I think Bibi's got a real shot in there. One, because of her dynamic game. Two, she's going into it with the right mentality. Before the draw came out, she sat here and said Iga was one of the two players she really wanted to play. I think especially making this comeback, she wants to test herself against the absolute best because that's where she wants to go. Back to the heights of the game. I can't wait. I think she's got a great shot if she's able to execute well. And I'd love to see her attack. Attack, attack, make Iga feel uncomfortable. Prakash and I will be here to kick off quarterfinal Friday at 5 a.m. Eastern. See you there from Roma. Cannot wait. Uh, by the way, they played once Junior Fed Cup. It was Fiontech that got the win over Andrescu. Andy, quick thought on the Novak Djokovic-Felix Ojeali-Assim matchup. 
Well, one, FAA has completely transformed his, his clay court ability. I remember watching him last year, and he often looked confused like he was forcing. He's really uh, figured things out on the clay. All that being said, Novak is close to being uh, in full flight. Different player than we saw three and four weeks ago is going to make sure that Felix has to defend the corners. He's going to switch directions, and he's going to find that FAA forehand under pressure. How that holds up will largely tell the tale of this match, I think. Yeah, I think it's also about uh, Novak Djokovic's ability to throw in those sneak plays, serve and volley, just try to mix it up a little bit uh, when he needs to. And how will the consistency of FAA hold up? That's going to be the real challenge. It's the challenge for anybody against Djokovic when he can retrieve so many balls, he can extend rallies, and then he can go from defense to offense. I think Djokovic is going to look to control play, but also give OJ Aliassime some opportunities to self-destruct a little bit. So we'll see kind of what comes to bear. He's got to serve well. Uh, FAA, he's got to use that shot effectively. Absolutely. Had 11 aces today. We'll need that if he wants to beat the world number one. Uh, Chanda, you've been fantastic on TC Live. You're getting a couple days off, but you'll oh. be still be calling matches. Okay. We've got Jim Courier coming in the next Steve. two days. I will miss you as well, but we can get back out on the courts and maybe Andy, who knows, where in the world is Andy Roddick? May, not L.A., but <laughs> one day, knows. Andy. Nobody knows. <laughs>